Whoa, look at that. They're already up here. They are on the ball. <laughs> so we have so many incredible things going on in our church um, right now. And, and really, we've had for quite a while. And it's Christmas time, so there's always tons of stuff going on in the Christmas season. So Andrew and Mike have some stuff that they're going to share with you uh, right now that this church is doing. Thank, thank you, Tom. <laughs> uh, my name is Andrew. Um, I'm the youth director here, if you did not know. Um, and we have this amazing opportunity um, to partner with this ministry called Harvest Hands Ministry. Um, in April, we are taking a missions trip as a church down to Harvest Hand Ministry. And, and what that is, is basically um, down in Mexico, there is a children's home that's a nonprofit started by Gary and Terry Mathewson. Um, they're locals in the area. They live in Westfields. Um, some of you may know them. Uh, but they started this, this nonprofit and this ministry down there as a children's home. And, um, and so it's for, it's for kids or for families. And, and maybe single moms is a lot of time the, the situation to where they can't really afford to have their kids. They're bouncing from house to house and renting a room, which... At, at the time, not really so much of a room. Um, and so the, the ministry will take in these kids and they'll arrive on uh, Sunday and then they'll stay with them and they'll send them to school. They do uh, Christian education classes. They teach them how to, to play music. Uh, they, do, they do a whole mess of different things. And then on Friday, the kids go back with their parents for the weekend. Um, but this is, it's an amazing ministry to... Um, kind of take care of the kids that are in need in that area. And so for us, we wanted to do more than just a one week a year, go down, see the kids, say hello, and say goodbye. We wanted to really wrap around this ministry. And so uh, a piece of that will be this year, we are going to be... Um, doing uh, shoeboxes, kind of like an OCC sort of thing, uh, Operation Christmas Child, but we're going to be partnering with um, the ministry to send these boxes down to them. We thought it would be really cool, um, and later, uh, not yet, but later we'll have an opportunity to potentially sponsor those kids as well, but we thought it'd be really cool for at least maybe some of us who are going down on that trip to be able to, to send a gift or send a, a box down to these kids and then be able to see them a few months later and more than just kind of a one-stop thing. So, Next week, we will have boxes for you. There are 47 kids, I believe, um, at this children's home. So we'll have a box for you and a name and a shopping list um, and, and the dates to, to bring it back um, next week. So you can look for me out there. Um, and so you can come and pick up a box, a name, a picture, and the shopping list. And then we're going to be bringing him back by December 18th. So December 18th will be the last week to bring those boxes back to the church. Um, after you pick one up next week, you can bring it back whatever. Um, on a Sunday morning or when we're here uh, throughout the week. But yeah, I'm just, I'm so excited to be able to, to wrap around this ministry more than just a, a one-time trip. Good morning. Um, I'm up here to just give you a quick update on the Thanksgiving giveaway. Um, we're doing pretty good on getting the bags filled with groceries so far. To date, we have received 134. We still have 1116 to go until <laughs> we reach our goal next week so um next week is our serve day pack bag filling day with trailers and stuff so if we could if you guys are providing the bags filled the groceries by then that would be great um also this week you if you have signed up to volunteer you will receive an email from tammy and i on directions on where you're going to serve and lastly today we have a very cool challenge a very generous couple in our church has 
uh, came up with this matching gift challenge for a donation, and they have made a string full of dollar bills of all denominations, from $5 up to $100 bills. And it's going to be strung up out there in the gallery after the service, and they are challenging you to grab a bill and match that bill. And if you don't have cash on you, that's okay. We can take check, we can take credit card, however you want to do it. You don't have to have it this week either. You can bring it next week if you'd like, but that is the challenge that they have put on this church, and it's pretty awesome. So, thank you. Praise God. That's an awesome challenge. I'll take this one. Thanks. So the good news is, if you are going to pick up your stuff at the store for chili, you can grab a turkey as well, <clears throat> or vice versa. If you're doing the turkey, grab chili stuff also. And we will be all set for all these things. Uh, the other thing that we are doing that's going on in this church is, like I said, it's cool to hear God, hear the stories about God and how he's speaking to people and really uh, uh, drawing them into new things and using, getting them to use their gifts and stuff. And one person who's going to share a little bit of testimony is Brenda Minton. Minton, easy for, for me to say, right? She got to uh, sing in the ladies' choir so, you're be your what? Vanna. Vanna. Oh, I thought I was going to fan you. I thought you said, or whatever. <laughs> That's what. Okay. Good morning. I have to have notes because I go too long if I don't. <laughs> I love to quilt. Here's an example of a finished wall hanging that I made preparing for fall before my shoulder surgery. <laughs> um, and I'm using this as an analogy. Somebody might say, and you don't have to hold that the whole time if you don't want to. It just kind of feels good here. Looks like a good jacket. Covering up. Okay. <laughs> Some people may be wondering why I'm talking about a quilt if I'm here to talk about the women's choir. But to me, it kind of all jived. So here's my explanation. I need a plan before I make a quilt or a pattern. Next, I look for fabrics and colors, all the different colors that'll go in the quilt. Some, I think they're gonna work, and then when I put it down, it doesn't. And I put them aside for the next time I make a quilt. And one of the things we had with this women's choir, we only had five weeks, four weeks actually, to put it all together. And we had some people who were wonderful singers who were in there and various things in life took them out of it. One had a bad fall. One had somebody pass away during that time. So they meant to do it, but they just weren't there. Next time, they will be. So then I, after I get the patterns I want it all together and lay them out, I sew them. Once the front of the project is pieced together, I need to make a sandwich. And if you've ever seen anybody quilt, you have to make a sandwich when you quilt. You have a back, then you have a batting, then you have the front, and then you do all the design work on the front, and then the last thing you do is put a frame around it, the binding, and that holds it all together. I use this analogy because I compared the process and then the total enjoyment of a finished quilt to the women's chorus concert that we presented two weeks ago here at church. Sandra Josephson, our choir director, directed the, the uh, concert and we were accompanied by wonderful organist and pianist Cheryl Wadden. It was a very special concert for me, for the ladies who participated, and for the audience. As I look back on it, the concert came together much like a quilt does. You see, God had the plan. 
and he put this plan into Sandra's heart, and she listened. She used scripture, her own thoughts, and songs that were beautifully woven together. Then she put the invitation out to women who would like to sing in a concert together. She said she had no idea how many would sign up or the abilities that we would have as a group. She just went ahead and trusted God. At the first rehearsal, I was humbled to be even singing with such talented women. Oh my goodness, it was beautiful already. The pieces were beginning to fit together in this musical quilt. We had five practices, but we all did our part to work on songs at home. One, on the day of the concert, the pieces had been sewn together. In the back, which I consider the support team, we had cookies and punch and a lighter, or lighting person, lighter, you know, sound person. <laughs> um, they were all ready to go. And the batting, which is the strength of the quilt, was God. He had put this particular group together for this time and this place. Time for the decorative stitching was the concert. And as we sang the songs and the various readings were given, I felt a healing in my soul, as well as a strengthening in my body. I'd had surgery on my shoulder just 10 days before the concert. And I wasn't sure how I would be feeling, but it didn't matter because God was in control. Mari, who sat staying next to me and has a beautiful voice, shared with me later that a friend had passed away the week prior to the concert and her heart was really heavy. She didn't feel like singing, but knew that she'd made a commitment to God and the women who sing. Prompted by the knowledge that God would inhabit the praise of his people as we bring the sacrifice of praise to him, she continued through the last two concert, or two practices and then the concert. God spoke his word of joy into her grief through the very act of singing. She was grateful that he had brought these ladies together to sing for his glory. The last thing I do on a quilt is sew on the binding. It's the framework that holds it all together and finishes the project. This is a gift of the Holy Spirit. It gave, the Holy Spirit gave the hearts of the people who were, who were listening joy. I saw faces beaming. It was a beautiful, delightful lifting up of praise, and the work was done and framed. Have you ever been a part of something that got put together by God and was just wonderful? Gave you such joy? There's so many opportunities. Mission trips, teaching a small group or Sunday school class, serving as a teacher, experiencing the joy of witnessing transformation in people's lives. You don't have to be a musician. You don't have to be a teacher. You can be a carpenter. You can build ramps. You can be a cook. You can make meals for you can. You can be a shopper and go shop for turkey <laughs> or turkey fixings for the bags. There's so many opportunities in this church to give. And if you allow God to rule your heart, you'll be called for something very special. Colossians 3, 14, 15, and 17 say, Beyond all these things, put on love, which is the perfect body of unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. Amen.
Thank you so much. Yes. Oops, you can have that part. <laughs> so as uh, talented as Brenda is with that, that quilt, and as beautiful as it is, Jessica would be out of luck if that was our quilt. So <laughs> I think that's just covering me. <laughs> um, God is doing incredible things here. We've heard what God is doing in our community with the, uh, you know, we have Operation Christmas Child, we have uh, Harvest Hands, we have uh, the turkey giveaway, the Thanksgiving giveaway. Brenda sharing about what God is doing in our church and in the lives of the people here using their gift. And internationally, God is also doing some incredible things, and we want to get to be a part of that as well. So we have a video we'd like to, to show you. My name is Rebecca. I live in the north of Nigeria. One evening I was out with my daughter and on our way home we saw smoke rising above our village. We were under attack. There was nothing we could do to defend ourselves. My husband and I were married in that village. My wedding day, it was the happiest day of my life. Some members of our church gave us a wedding gift. It was a Bible. We read it together, every day. children were old enough, we're ready to them and their friends. Let the little children come to me. Let the little children come to me. And do not forbid them. And do not forbid them. For such is the kingdom of heaven. Church of Matthew chapter 19. Matthew chapter 19. Verse 14. On the day our village burnt to the ground, my husband and my son were killed in the attack. I was devastated. I mourned for many months. Some of us were able to return to our village to reclaim anything that was left. 
Parts of Genesis and Revelation were burnt, but the rest was mostly intact. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. All flesh is like grass, and all its glory like a wild flower. The grass withers and the flower falls off, but the word of the Lord endures forever. Naked I came from my mother's womb, but naked I shall return there. The Lord giveth, and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. The Lord is a husband to all widows. I look to him for every need. This is what I am still holding on to. saw at the end there, you can come up time. You know, this was put out by Voice of the Martyrs. I forgot to mention that ahead of time, which is an incredible organization. If you want to read a, a great book about what the persecuted church goes through, uh, Richard Wormbrand, who founded Voice of the Martyrs, wrote Tortured for Christ. And it is one of the most powerful books I've read um, in my life. It, was, it really was uh, life-changing for me. And it's a great organization, so I encourage you to Check out their website. You can get newsletters mailed to you. But Tom's going to lift up uh, the persecuted church to us, for us. <clears throat> okay. will, you, uh, will you pray with me? Father, it's hard for us to imagine what Rebecca's been through. Living comfortably here in the United States. But Lord, one of the words you use so often in your word is remember. Remember that we are members of a worldwide universal church, the church of Jesus Christ. 
This is the true church, not the, not the buildings we think of normally, but the people and the people in relation to Jesus. Father, uh, as we come today, I would ask that you would set it in our hearts to remember. Remember those like Rebecca throughout the ages for persecution began at the very dawn of the church and has carried on to today. Today, the, the countries in which uh, these things happen, uh, the regions, sub-Saharan Africa, China, Iran, Indonesia, there are so many places around the world where believers are being persecuted. India, Pakistan, Afghanistan, Lord, many are suffering. And some will even become martyrs as Rebecca's husband. But Lord, place it in our hearts that we might remember if we do nothing else, there is one powerful thing we can do, and that is to remember our brothers and sisters in prayer every day. Father, thank you. Thank you that, as uh, the song just said, your love is strong, stronger even than death. Pray these things in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. So to uh, <clears throat> finally begin the sermon portion today, we, we will be home in time for the Seahawks game. I promise you, I promise you that. <laughs> Bill's game, you may be pushing it, but <clears throat> I uh, thought let's start out with a little game. So everybody, uh, do me a favor, raise your hand real fast. Does everyone get a hand up there. Everyone, I want to see everyone's hand. I want to make sure they all work, okay? All right, everyone's arm works. <clears throat> this morning I got to go down with the uh, children's ministry for the deep dive, and they are pretty smart down there. So you guys may be in trouble up here because um, I was shocked with some of the great answers. But we're going to play a quick game called Is It Really in the Bible? So if you think this is from the Bible, you're going to raise your hand. If you don't raise your hand, I'm, not going to assume, I'm just going to assume you think it's not in the Bible and you get wrong if it's wrong. All right, That's just the way it's going to go for these rules. So the first one, first question, is this in the Bible? A liar will not be believed even when he speaks the truth. How many think that's in the Bible? All right. Sounds, sounds like a good Bible answer, right? That is Aesop from Aesop's Fables. <laughs> but man, it sounded good, didn't it? That's right. We had a, a lot of smart people kept their hands down on that one, though. But here's one. <clears throat> here's one. The doors to the upstairs room were locked. They thought he might be using the toilet. Is that in the Bible? How many think that is? Raise your hand. All right, wow, not many hands raised. You're all, 
some smart people here, that is Judges 3.24. They thought the king might be in using the bathroom. All right, is this in the Bible? Cooked on a griddle, use choice flour mixed with olive oil but without any yeast. Crumble it and pour oil on it. How many think that's in the Bible? All right, oh, quite a few hands. Yeah, that's a good one. Good. That is Leviticus 2.5. All right, here's, here's one. God helps those who help themselves. How many of you think that's in the Bible? Okay, a couple. That is not, that was Benjamin Franklin. <laughs> was this in the Bible? The donkey said, am I not the same donkey you have ridden all your life? Is that in the Bible? Oh, hands are going up. You're getting the game. That's beautiful. It'll go much quicker. That is very good. Numbers 22:30. All right, is this one in the Bible? It is the strengths of your heart that make you who you are. Hearts that will remain unbroken when all rock and stone has eroded away. Is that in the Bible? Okay, not, not too many. No, I don't have any clue who this is. It's Katera from The Last Airbender. So if you're younger than me, you may know who that is. All right, this is... A fool thinks himself wise, but a wise man knows himself to be a fool. Is that in the Bible? All right, that sounds very Proverbs, doesn't it? But that is Shakespeare. So, oh, man, man. Okay, why, if a fox climbed the wall, it would fall to pieces under his weight? Why, if a fox climbed the wall, it would fall to pieces under his weight? How many think that's in the Bible? Okay, we have a couple. That is in the Bible. That's Nehemiah 4.3. I would have thought that was Dr. Seuss, but that is in the Bible. There were giants on the earth in those days. In the Bible? Okay, yes, Genesis 6.4. That is not Lord of the Rings. That is Genesis 6.4. He will bear thee away to the houses of lamentation beyond all darkness where thy flesh shall be devoured. Is that in the Bible? Okay, no, no, good job. That is Lord of the Rings. So <laughs> and here's our last one. Those who are considered worthy of taking part in the age to come and in the resurrection from the dead will neither marry nor be given in marriage. Is that in the Bible? Yes, and that is actually our passage for today. We are going to read Luke 20, verses 27 to 38. So if you have your Bibles with me, read with me here. Some of the Sadducees, who say there is no resurrection, came to Jesus with a question. Teacher, they said, Moses wrote for us that if a man's brother dies and leaves a wife but no children, the man must marry the widow and have children for his brother. Now there were seven brothers. The first one married a woman and died childless. The second and the third married her. And in the same way, all seven died, leaving no children. Finally, the woman died too. Now then, at the resurrection, whose wife will she be, since the seven were married to her? Jesus replied, 
The people of this age marry and are given in marriage, but those who are considered worthy of taking part in that age and in the resurrection from the dead will neither marry nor be given in marriage, and they can no longer die, for they are like the angels. They are God's children, since they are children of the resurrection. But in the account of the bush, even Moses showed that the dead rise, For he calls the Lord, the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. He is not the God of the dead, but of the living. For to him, all are alive. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we thank you and praise you for this day. We thank you for your word. We thank you, Father, that you have given us the answers to all the questions that we may have. Father, sometimes we don't like the answers we get. So we want to try to compromise. We want to try to change your word. But Father, you have revealed all things to your people. We thank you and praise you for that. And we pray that you would pour your spirit out on us. That as we read your word, as we study your word, that you would speak to each one of us today. Lord, we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So... As we played our game here, what we find out is that we can all be misled on what is in the Bible and what is not in the Bible. And it's tempting sometimes for us to think, well, I know what the Bible says. I know what God wants. But the reality is, if we don't know the Word of God then we don't know his will. We don't know what he is calling us to. We don't know who he is. We don't know the future that he has promised us. We can know nothing apart from his word. So we're going to start out today with this question of being married because we didn't want to leave the elephant in the room just wandering around there and having people leave wondering about this marriage thing. Does it bother anybody that you will not be married to your spouse in heaven? Is anybody really... Good answer, Jason. Good job. (laughs) My wife was distraught when we had this conversation the other day. But why wouldn't she be? So... All right, the truth is I brought up the question and she's like, yeah, never really thought about it. (laughs) But I get distraught at times thinking about that. But the reality is I trust God. I trust that he has good in store for us. So even though my heart's desire would be to spend an eternity with the person I love more than anyone else here on earth, I trust that God is not going to let me feel sorrow in heaven because he says he won't. There will be no tears in heaven because he says there won't be. And I don't understand how all that will work. I don't understand how I'll be able to see my spouse and not be a little sad that we're not married in the same way. But I'm trusting God in these things. But the next question that may bring to our mind, if we're not married, well, will we even know our spouse in heaven? Will we even know our children or our loved ones in heaven? Let's ask another question. How many of you think that we will know our loved ones in heaven? 
Go ahead and raise your hand again. Yeah, that's a good answer. King David had a son who died in infancy. When the little boy died, David said, I will go to him. That's in 2 Samuel 12, 23. In Matthew 8, 11, our Lord said that many will come from the east and the west and recline at the table with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. He says, we will sit at the table with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. We will know them. He says that in Matthew 8. In Matthew 26, 29, Jesus tells his disciples, I will not drink of this fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it in a new way in my Father's kingdom with you. Jesus will know the disciples and they will all be at the table and they will know one another. Matthew 17, when the glory of Jesus was revealed in the transfiguration, we are told that Moses and Elijah appeared to them talking with him. Jesus knew Moses and Elijah. The disciples knew Moses and Elijah. They were still, Elijah, they were still the same people. And finally, in 1 Thessalonians 4.17, when Paul is writing to believers who grieve the loss of loved ones, he offers them this comfort. We who are still alive will be caught together, caught up together with them, our loved ones, in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. As we read the word of God, we have the answers. So where do we go when we have questions? We go here. Because as we just learned with our little game, sometimes what we think is in the word of God isn't actually there. So it's important that we know what God is saying. Because he's the only one who knows what's on the other side. We can't make these things up as we go along because it what feels, it's what feels good to us or what we would like it to be. And we all have questions, don't we? We all would like to know without a doubt that this is what we are called, this is what God wants us to do, this is how we're supposed to live. So we go to the word of God for those answers, but we also go straight to God through prayer, through meditation, through fasting, through contemplating his word. We can go straight to God with these things. And some of you may be sitting there thinking, I can't go to God. Do you know that we have people who won't walk into the sanctuary because they don't think they're worthy to be in this place where God is. And I'm confident there's some of you who think, I can't pray, I can't sit and meditate on his word, I can't do these things because I'm not worthy, God would not want me. But Jesus does want you. The people who went to Jesus with this question to begin with were the Sadducees. They hated Jesus. They were looking for a way to kill him. And they had no care in the world about being married after death. Because the Sadducees didn't even believe in a resurrection. So they were trying to trap Jesus with this question. 
But Jesus' response to them was the same as his response to each of you will be. He'll answer those questions. He'll reveal those answers to you if you seek him. Not because you're worthy, not because you deserve it, but because he loves you. He died for you just like he died for those Sadducees. But when we go to God with our questions, how should we approach him? The Sadducees came to him trying to trap him. They came to him with no real care for the answer. They came to him pridefully. We today as believers go to him in humility trusting the answers that he has given us, not because we always like the answers, but because they're the right answers. And as we were preparing this week, we kind of asked a question of ourselves. If one of our beliefs were wrong, and this by we, I mean um, myself and Pastor Joe and Melody and Brandon going through the sermon prep time, If my belief, if I have a belief and I find in the Bible that I'm wrong on that belief, will I change that belief? That's a tough question to answer. You hope and assume that the answer is yes. But I think about how difficult it is when what you've grown up being taught, if you find out maybe that's not quite right, So we always enter the word of God with humility, knowing that we don't have the answers, but our God does. Today, we have another way that we are going to come before God, and that's through communion. And again, some of you may think I'm not worthy to come before God in this manner. But God wants all to come to him who are seeking him. So our communion table is open for anybody who truly desires to know God, to know Jesus. So if we can have our servers and our band, if you could kind of make your way down. We begin communion, I always begin communion, uh, with Psalm 139. We're going to pray the last two verses. It's, I think, verse 23 and 24. We're going to have a moment of silence to kind of reflect on where we are in our walk with God. Is there any area that we need to surrender to him? Any belief or anything we've been holding on to that we haven't wanted to give up, even though we know we need to? And then after you have a moment, I'll pray for us. And then we'll begin the the service of the communion. So if you would bow your heads with me. Search us, O God, and know our hearts. Test us and know our anxious thoughts. 
See if there is any offensive way in us, Lord, and lead us in the path everlasting. Have mercy on us, O God, according to your unfailing love. According to your great compassion, blot out our transgressions, wash away our iniquities, and cleanse us of all our sins. Father, forgive us for the areas that we have refused to to let go of. Forgive us for the areas where we have failed. Forgive us for the areas where maybe we haven't loved the way we ought to have loved. Blot out all of our transgressions, Lord. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. My friends, hear the good news. Christ Jesus died for us while we were yet sinners. That proves God's love for us. In the name of Jesus, you are forgiven. Luke 22, 17 to 20 says this. After taking the cup, he gave thanks and said, Take this and divide it among you. For I tell you, I will not drink it again from the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took the bread, gave thanks for it, and broke it. Saying, this is my body. Do this in remembrance of me. Then after the meal, he took another cup. And he gave it to the disciples, saying, Take and drink in remembrance of me. Body of Christ broken for you. Blood of Christ shed for you. Body of Christ broken for you. Blood of Christ shed for you. Body of Christ broken for you. Blood of Christ shed for you. Body of Christ broken for you, blood of Christ shed for you. Body of Christ broken for you, blood of Christ shed for you. Body of Christ broken for you, blood of Christ shed for you. Body of Christ broken for you, blood of Christ shed for you. Body of Christ broken for you, blood of Christ shed for you. Body of Christ broken for you, blood of Christ shed for you. Body of Christ broken for you. Blood of Christ shed for you. Body of Christ broken for you. Blood of Christ shed for you. Body of Christ broken for you. Blood of Christ shed for you. Body of Christ broken for you. Blood of Christ shed for you. Body of Christ broken for you. Blood of Christ shed for you. Body of Christ broken for you. Blood of Christ shed for you. Do you guys want to head down that way to the end, okay? You guys get this left side here, and you guys want to be here, and you can get over there, okay? The table has been set. Come and eat.
Thank you.